0: Do you look at your mountain of goals and feel stuck? Or
1: have you already achieved great things, and yet you know there's still more?
0: Then you've come to the right place.
1: We're here to offer practical tools and tangible strategies to change your mindset.
0: And challenge you to produce a life beyond the norm. I'm Nate. I'm Laura.
1: Welcome to the Transcendence Podcast. Welcome back to the Transcendence Podcast as we dive into the different Enneagram types. For those of you who are tuning in for the very first time, go back a few episodes. We have an episode describing what is the Enneagram, and it'll go in depth as to the different components of the Enneagram and what it means to us and why we're actually diving into it so deep. Uh, but for this week, we're going to dive into the Enneagram type seven, the Enthusiast. Laura, tell us a little bit, a little bit about the Enneagram type seven.
0: Yeah, so the enthusiast is the busy, variety-seeking type. They are your spontaneous, acquisitive, versatile, and sometimes scattered type of people. Um, Their basic fear is being deprived and in pain. Their basic desire is to be satisfied and content, to have their needs fulfilled. Their key motivations, what drives them, is that they want to maintain their freedom and happiness, They want to to avoid missing out on worthwhile experiences and adventures. They want to keep themselves excited and occupied at all times to avoid and discharge pain. So Nate, why don't you tell us a little bit about their deadly sin?
1: For enthusiasts, their deadly sin or their deadly passion, something that can actually hold them back from achieving all their potential is going to be gluttony. It's going to be living in an excessive amount of, where they always want more. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times this want for more is to avoid or to cover up some kind of pain or suffering or grief or anxiety. They're always going to anything that brings them pleasure, they're going to they're going to take it and they're going to take it in an excessive amount.
0: Right. They sometimes lack that self-control of knowing, okay, where's the balance here of when too much is too much. Um, one of the books that we really recommend is the Road Back to You by Ian Cron and Suzanne Stable, and I'm going to read a short little excerpt from the chapter all about the Enneagram Type 7, and this is what it means to be a Type 7. These are, um, these are things that a 7 would say about themselves. Variety and spontaneity are the spice of life. It's hard for me to finish things. When I get close to the end of a project, I start thinking about the next thing, and then I get so excited, I sometimes just move on. I usually avoid heavy conversations and confrontations. I think people fear more than they should. I don't like it when people have expectations of me.
1: So what you're going to see when we talk about the Enneagram type 7 is that they really just want to enjoy life. Mm -hmm. And they not only want to enjoy themselves, but they want everybody in their environment to enjoy life. They, often, they will avoid pain, they'll avoid discomfort, and they just want to live in creativity and enjoy. Some examples of some Enneagram type sevens are going to be people like Thomas Jefferson are going to be people like Katy Perry or Leonardo DiCaprio and even Paris Hilton.
0: Mm -hmm. I think the best way to to describe a type seven is they think life is just a walk in the park. They don't want to take notice to any of the sad things, any of the negative things. They just want to experience life to its fullest and take in all of the happy parts of life without experiencing any of the negative parts. So next, we're going to jump into the wings. We're going to start with the seven wing six and then the seven wing eight. The seven wing six is your entertainer. They are more loyal, endearing, responsible, outgoing, relationship oriented, playful, childlike, and sometimes anxious. Whereas your seven wing eight, they are called your realist. They are more free, passionate, adventurous, strong. They seek out that intensity like an eight would. Um, They are leaders, quick minded and creative.
1: So you have your type. You have your wing and then you have your subtype. And the subtype goes in three different categories. You have your social, your intimate, and your self-preservation. So for a social seven, a social seven is going to be your most generous. It's going to be the most service-minded. You're going to see actually a lot of the attributes of a healthy two Mm -hmm. as they want everybody around them to experience life to the fullest. They want the people in their life to not feel any pain, not feel any suffering. And sometimes they'll actually neglect their own needs and put judgment on selfishness, and just serve others to make sure that they're enjoying and all their needs are met. The intimate sevens are going to be your dreamers. These are going to be your idealists. These are going to be your romantic ones. These are going to be the ones that oftentimes see potential. And they oftentimes see life as it could be and not what it is. They, they see life better than it really is oftentimes and can even be seen as unrealistic or naive from other people because when they look at their day-to-day, they only see the positive. Mm-hmm. They oftentimes overlook the negative, which sometimes a negative can sneak up on them because they don't put any focus on it at all. Um, but but they enjoy life more because they they see all the positive things. And right. And that's what they let affect their mood.
0: And I think as someone like me, who's a type six, who doesn't always look at the brighter you know side of life, I think. You know, we could take that and actually admire that about a seven, that they are always looking at the bright side, that they are always choosing to focus on the positives. And they're very optimistic about life because sometimes life hits you hard and it's hard to have a positive mindset. But I feel like sevens are really good about that. My brother, you know, it could be the worst scenario possible. And he always finds the most, you know, positive thing in every situation, which is something that I really admire as a six who always focuses on the worst case and the most negative parts about certain situations.
1: Now, as the social seven focuses on creating positivity for those around them, the intimate seven focuses on positivity in their environment. The self-preservation seven is gonna focus on the positivity that they can bring to their own life. These are gonna be your best networkers. They're Hmm. really good at finding a close-knit group of people that can support their goal and support their dream and that they can also help support The others dream dream as well, but they're going to utilize that group to its fullest potential and seek out their own desires and seek out their own vision. They're really good at defending or rationalizing why they do things and how they do things to get to that vision. But they're really good at connecting people together, even though the self-preservation types are normally the ones that stick to themselves. Mm-hmm. The seven is so outgoing in general that even the self-preservation is going to network <laughs> with people. Now it won't be as many people as a social because they're not really concerned with others' needs. They're more concerned with their own, um, but they will still communicate very openly with people. So as we dive into the groupings, they're actually going to fall into the same intelligence center as the fives and the sixes that we've been p- talking about for the past couple of weeks. So they fall into the thinking or the head thinking center. So being a part of the thinking center, they actually have a distorted view when they're thinking. And that's where you see a seven sometimes sees things better than they are because it's distorted. They're stuck in their head. Their thinking life is better than it really is, which, again, can cause a lot of joy and creativity, but can cause things to sneak up on you. Now, in this group, they have a common emotion of fear and they all fear different things. So for a five, we know they internalize their fear when they retreat into their mind talked about that a couple weeks ago. Sixes are conflicted with their fear. We talked about that last week as they focus on the worst case scenario. Sevens are, they externalize their fear. They try to turn every uncomfortable situation into something positive, into something new where they'll either avoid it altogether or cover it up or make it try to seem better than it is. So it doesn't bring a feeling of fear or anxiety or discomfort. They keep their minds occupied to avoid feeling that pain or that grief or that anxiety. So that's where they, where you talked about them being the busy types. They're always going to pile more and more on their plate to avoid having to sit in that fear. Mm-hmm. Now, their strengths is that they're adventurous, they have a huge imagination, and they're quick thinking. Their challenges are going to be that they're uncommitted, they're impatient, and they're unrealistic. So you're going to see times, again, where their positivity is going to be at a whole other level And a lot of times their imagination is so big that it's hard for them to articulate it and say it back to someone that's not a seven, especially someone that's not even a wing seven. You know, there's oftentimes where we talked about your brother, he'll have this great idea and everyone's like, where is he even at right now? (laughs) Like his thoughts are so scattered. Mm -hmm. Um, But when he's able to align them and articulate them, then it's powerful and can resonate with people.
0: Right. We hope you are enjoying this Enneagram series. In a better effort to serve you guys, our listeners, we would love to have you send in any questions that you might have regarding the Enneagram, whether it be about your type, maybe which number is most compatible with yours, or maybe a topic that we haven't quite covered yet.
1: After this 10-week series, we're going to be doing a QA and a episode on our YouTube channel. Make sure you're sending in all your questions through our DMs on Instagram. Now, the Harmonic Group... Or how they deal with conflict or disappointment is actually very similar to the twos and the nines. They're part of the positive outlook group. Shocker, right? <laughs> they always look at the positive things. And the reason that this group of people, uh, the twos and nines and the sevens, all look at the positive th- side of things is to avoid pain or to avoid discomfort. You're going to see that common amongst all of them. Now, twos avoid their own needs and emphasize others. They fill their they fill their time helping others accomplish their own needs and desires. um, And oftentimes just avoid, you know, their, their desires and their needs. A seven is actually going to emphasize the positive experiences and the environment around them. They're going to avoid pain and they're also going to avoid the cause of pain, especially if it's themselves and try to cover it up with something positive and try to twist something to make it seem positive. Nines will talk about in a couple of weeks about what they do to avoid pain as well. Um, but it's very similar. They're focusing on the positive as well. My advice to this group is, hey, sometimes it's better to sit in that pain, to overcome the problem, because instead of putting a false positive spin on something, you can actually work through something and actually create true positivity and overcome a challenge rather than just keep covering it up. Yep, That's good. Now, the horny being group is how they get what they desire when working with others. Sevens are going to fall into the same category as threes and eights. They're going to be part of the assertive group or the aggressive group. Now, all three of these types, their main like mantras, hey, we impact the world. The world doesn't impact us. These are going to be the ones that go out and actively do things often. With that, they're all hoping to earn something. For a three, we talked about that a few weeks back where their main goal is to earn attention. That's why they go out and assert themselves in the world. For a seven, their main goal is to earn security. They want a positive environment. They want to be safe and secure and not have to feel discomfort or pain. We'll talk about the eight next week and what their hope is. But for the strengths of this group, they're very independent. They're very energetic. But they can also be very demanding, and they may not follow through. I know you talked about it earlier where... Hey, they get close to the end of something, then see something new and go jump on it. Mm -hmm. So they sometimes need someone to finish it for them or hold them accountable to finish something. My advice to this is think of your own needs and think of the others in the group. Think about their needs before you just act on an impulse. Because sometimes we act too impulsively when you're a three, seven or eight, and it ends up hurting the people around you or not fulfilling any needs for yourself or for them. So what does it look like to be a healthy seven? A healthy seven is going to be extremely grateful and appreciative for what they have. So we talked about earlier how one of their deadly sins is they don't have enough. They always want more and they always need to live in excess. A healthy seven is going to push that away. They're going to push that to the side and they're going to be like, I have enough. I'm grateful for what I have. Not to say they don't have more accomplishments that they want to accomplish, but they're content. They're not satisfied. They're content and happy with what they have. They're highly responsive, they're excitable, they're eager, they're lively, and you're going to see they become more focused and fascinated by life, like a five. That's actually their, their growth number whenever they're living in a healthy state. They're going to show the positive attributes of a five and really learn about life and become fascinated with it. Now, you're going to see an average seven when restlessness starts to set in, when they start to become bored. So they're going to seek new adventures, but they're going to become less focused and less focused specifically on their end goal or their main vision. They sometimes, you know, seek money or variety and keeping up with trends over working on their main goal and their main vision. They throw themselves in constant activity and lose what they truly want in life just to stay busy Mm -hmm. because when they have to sit in boredom, sometimes they start to realize that they haven't accomplished everything yet. And instead of using that as motivation to chase what they want, they start to fear that they start to feel that pain and that anxiety. And again, an average seven is going to just avoid it at all cost. Whereas if they start to feel that in a situation, they're going to either try to leave the situation or change the situation instead of just addressing it directly like a healthy seven would. Now, an unhealthy, um, going to be the other extreme, is going to get stuck in gluttony. They're never going to have enough. They're always going to be chasing more. They're going to become self-absorbed and all their generosity is going to go out the door. They're going to do everything to take in all that they can. They're going to become completely impulsive and they're going to go out of control, doing anything to avoid any kind of pain, any kind of suffering, and just, you know, live life by their own rules and with no direction and no vision and no drive and ultimately get nowhere. Uh, Their stress number is actually going to be a number one. They're going to be paralyzed by perfectionists, and they're going to be very critical of others and themselves. Now, they're going to be internally critical of themselves. They're not going to express that, but they're going to be externally critical of others. And you're going to see that negative traits of a one start to come out when they're living in an unhealthy state. Now, Laura, why don't you give us a few personal growth tips that actually keep us in that healthier state if you are seven?
0: So you kind of touched on the impulses, but that was one of my growth tips is to focus and recognize your impulsiveness, create a habit of observing them before you react or act on them. Make a decision which ones are worth acting on. This will allow you to focus on what is really, really good for you. Sometimes you just think of the best case scenario and what's exciting about it and you just run for it because you want to experience that high of being excited and focusing on the really good parts of it. But think about, you know, how does this affect others? How does this affect me long-term? I think it's really good to really focus on your impulses before you react um, on them or act on them. Secondly, learn to listen to others. Nate and I recently read a book called Partnership and Leadership by Ty Bennett. And it talked about the idea of being more focused on being interested than being interesting. And I really like that. And I think that's something that even if you're not a seven, you can really take note on and, and remember is to always listen to other people and don't make it about you know what you can add right after they're done talking Really focus on what they're saying, focus on their needs, focus on what drives them, what makes them passionate. View every new conversation as an opportunity to learn something new, whether it be about that person, whether it be about a new idea, um, a new endeavor, you know, whatever that is. Take it as an opportunity of education.
1: Yeah, there's a big difference between listening to somebody and waiting to talk. Yeah, there's a huge difference between those two. And when you can decipher those two of what you do more actively, and you can actually focus on listening more, you're gonna see the relationships in your life build a lot stronger.
0: And I feel like this is really common nowadays, just in the world that we live in, we're so eager to just respond instead of just taking a moment to listen and take in what the other person is saying. A little side note when it comes to learning to listen. Sevens, learn to appreciate silence. You don't always have to distract yourself with noise. I know for my brother, he is someone who he can't stand silence, whether it be just riding in a car or you know us hanging out and there's not conversation going on, and maybe you're a seven and you can relate to this. You know, you you always have to have the radio on or the TV on in the background. You can't just sit in your silence. Try to create a habit where you, you know, pocket in times during your day where you do sit in that silence. And focus on, you know, what, instead of allowing the negatives to come in during that silence, focus on the positives, focus on what, what can you be doing while there's not the noise going on in the background.
1: And with that, do this as a form of meditation, or if you're, maybe if you're a Christian, it could be a form of silent prayer where Mm -hmm. you're just listening for God and not communicating. And when I say silent, and when Laura says silent, pure silence. I know another thing your brother tends to do and a lot of other sevens that I've noticed tend to do is whenever they don't fill it with their own voice, they're listening to music or they're listening to something, they're listening to a book, they're listening to a podcast. And though all of those things have benefits, there's something different about when you can sit in silence and sit with your own thoughts, sit with your emotions, sit with that pain, sit with that suffering. Yeah. Work through it rather than covering it up.
0: That's good. And lastly, make sure that whatever you want and are pursuing is good for you, not just in the now, but long term. Think through what could be the consequences if I act on this right now. I think just like I was talking about being impulsive, think about those things. Even though it might look good right now, it might, be, might not be good for you three years down the road or even a month down the road.
1: And I encourage you sevens, follow through with something. You know, you could, it's very easy for a seven to start a new diet, for instance, and be do a four week diet or an eight, well, let's say an eight week diet. And they're seven weeks in and not seeing a whole lot of results. So they're going to go ahead and just change it.
0: Yep. Because they're
1: bored. (laughs) Do the eight weeks, whether you're going to get the results or not, just for the habit of following through on what you do, because that's going to be one of your hardest habits to create is following through. And the faster you can create that in your life, the faster you can live into your potential.
0: And even when talking about the whole idea of sticking to something, this comes with your tasks too at hand. You know, take, I know for me, being, you know, a six wing seven, sometimes I get so busy with all the different tasks that I try to multitask when really I'm not multitasking. I'm just doing a little bit here, moving on to the next project. Nate, you know this firsthand, that's something that I do. But when I take the time to actually finish a job from beginning to end and then move on to the next task, I'm actually more efficient that way.
1: Yeah. When you can follow through on what you're doing again, and you develop that habit in your life with every little thing you do, it's going to follow through into your work. It's going to follow through into your personal life. It's going to follow through into your spiritual life and everything you do, you're going to fulfill. And when you get that fulfillment is when you also start to gain momentum. And when you can gain momentum, you can become unstoppable.
0: So thank you for joining us on this week's episode all about Enneagram Type 7, The Enthusiast. We can't wait to join you next week when we talk about Enneagram Type 8, The Challenger. Thank you so much for joining this week's episode. We hope you've learned something new that you feel challenged and leave inspired.
1: If there's a part of this episode that stuck out to you, be sure to screenshot the podcast, post it on Instagram, and tag us in it. Let us know what captivated you.
0: Speaking of Instagram, we would love to connect with you and make sure that you're one of the first to know of our new episodes and exciting updates. You can follow me at It's Laura Stevens.
1: And I'm at the period Nate Stevens. If you found value in this podcast, remember to leave us a rating or review. This will allow others to see what they can benefit from this podcast as well. Join us next week as we continue to live a life beyond the norm.